Welcome to All Schemes Considered, the weekly podcast where we dive deep on a startup and examine its viability as a business. It's a startup case study in about 25 minutes. I'm your host, Akash Shah. I am so excited to introduce our guest this week, LV Jadabji, CEO of Taylorflow. A serial entrepreneur, he's currently going through Y Combinator as part of the winter 2021 batch. His company, Taylorflow, matches developers to the best cloud product for their use case. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, LV. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you, Akash. Is there anything you want to share with the listeners about your background? Yes. So I've been entrepreneurial for pretty much my whole life since I've been 18. I started in nutrition, then natural gas compressors, got really deep into 3D printing, had a venture back startup in 3D printing, uh, 3D printing orthotics, and became quite passionate about developer tools along the way. And now I'm building a business to help developers make their lives easier when it comes to buying cloud tools. Wow, that's quite a breadth of entrepreneurial activities across a large number of industries. Tell me, what's the name of your company? My company's name is Taylorflow. Could you dig into more what you guys are doing? Of course. So I, I'd love to kind of jump into the fact that we went through several pivots to get here and there were a few insights along the way that got us here. So generally speaking, we started in the, in the no-code space back in 2018, then pivoted to cloud management, which was basically optimizing AWS bills for our customers. And about, I would say, six, seven months ago, we started uh, noticing a very interesting pattern among our customers. They were uh, using many tools outside of AWS and were struggling to pick which kinds of tools were best for the use case. And so we saw the product organization and, and infrastructure for all these cloud native companies basically shifting away from, you know, the bundled up experience of AWS or GCP or Azure and really an unbundling happening where people were looking to use best in cloud services across clouds. And so that got us to this insight, which is that it's really hard to find which cloud tools are the right ones to use because every decision is very use case driven. You can't just work off a G2 report or Gartner report to find out what's right for your use case in the world of cloud tooling. And so Taylorflow helps developers find the best developer and cloud tools for their use case about 10 times faster. We do that by analyzing cloud infrastructure data, architecture data, business requirements to match developers to the best dev or cloud tool for their use case and really automate what is usually a long, arduous process of baking off tools, comparing vendors, negotiating pricing, which can be very error prone as well for engineering teams. I just think of my background in software engineering when I had to make this sort of developer tooling decision. And it sounds like Taylorflow would have made my life a lot, a lot easier. Why don't you dig into the into that pain point and into the customer? So this initially started with, I think people were talking about multi-cloud a couple of years ago, let's say two, three years ago, as a you know, blue sky idea that we were going to run workloads agnostically across cloud providers. But I think that that idea of multi-cloud was mistaken. And <laughs> what we saw happening instead is that people were looking for best-in-class providers or solutions for specific workloads. So rather than, let's say, making my compute or my storage entirely agnostic, I'm going to pick the right storage provider or compute provider or APM tool for my business. And so that's really the path people are headed towards. And... And what's really interesting about the journey is that there's been such 
activity in the funding environment for cloud tools. There's, I would call it a Cambrian explosion in cloud tooling. You know, if you look at AWS, you know, five years ago, or, you know, its market share was easily 45%. I think now it's closer to 31%. So even, you know, relative to the overall size of the cloud market, AWS's market share is shrinking because it's just growing so much because of this Cambrian explosion. And, and you see a lot of alternatives, you know, from Wasabi and storage to Snowflake and data stores to Databricks to MongoDB. I mean, there's many options out there to perform specific tasks and, and people just need to find the right one for the tool. And, and the, the more complexity and options there are in the market, the more analysis is required. And that's the fortunate and unfortunate fact that powers the insight behind our business. There are a lot more entrants into the space, but the size of the market has probably doubled, tripled in the past five years. You know, at least 80 to 90% of workloads are still on-premises. And I think many more of those will move to cloud. When this is all said and done, I think at, you know, between 2030 and 2035, you know, cloud will be a, a trillion dollar market. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. So I think you said something really interesting there. You know, I think when people think of cloud providers, a lot of times they're familiar with Amazon Web Services, AWS, or Google Cloud Platform, which is GCP or even Microsoft's offering, which is Microsoft Azure. You know, you almost alluded to in this Cambrian explosion, there's many, many, many other players that aren't trying to do everything for everyone, which these large platforms are trying to do, but have these very specialized offerings built primarily around excelling in a singular niche. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's interesting because there's a market can take different paths as it, as it matures. And the cloud market is not consolidating like people sometimes expected it would. It's actually really diversifying and becoming specialized. So niche is definitely the right word to use. People are specializing and, and even AWS, you know, when we did an internal assessment as to, you know, um, what things AWS is good at, the roughly 150 products it offers, it's maybe best in class at eight. So that's a lot of opportunity for other companies to, to tackle. Right. Who is making these decisions? Is it a engineering lead? Is it a VP of engineering? I'm thinking about who your customers are and who who's making these decisions and who needs Taylorflow's help the most. What do they look like? Good question. I mean, it depends on the size and type of customer, but we're very focused on the digital native slash cloud native customer, like your typical white combinator company or alumnus that's, you know, maybe raised a seed series A or series B. We're looking at companies who need to make architectural changes or decisions to enable scale. And, and so at that inflection point, we're usually engaging with, you know, the head of infrastructure, maybe the manager uh, of a development team for a specific product within an org, but more often than not the CTO, you know, at, at the seed stage where uh, let's say you're a YC company and you've been running on Firebase and, and then you're done with your MVP and, and you need something better. You know, what database are you going to use? That's a very complex question to answer. And we're there to help with that. Yeah, actually, I love that example that you gave because it sounds so innocent. What database are you going to use? But can you dig into the other considerations or decisions that have to be made just so that you can answer what database you're going to use? I mean, I will, I'll say there's four buckets for virtually any cloud product uses high level dimensions for making a decision. Number one is cost, right? So, you know, you might have um, specific requirements around cost and want to optimize it on cost and find that efficient frontier. The second bucket is obviously quite important nowadays is compliance, right? And what industries are you operating? Is FINRA, HIPAA or something like that important to you? 
So you have compliance as another dimension. Third dimension would actually be performance, right? So you want to be able to compare for your specific type of workload or use case, how performant is a solution. And cloud vendors are notorious for basically pushing benchmarks about their performance that are where they, they cherry pick use cases where they perform well, but no one is really, you know, coming in and saying, well, for your specific use case, this is the vendor that performs the best and kind of doing that analysis. And then the fourth is quite interesting is actually regions and capacity, right? I, I think there's very few players out there that are like auditing the historical performance or actual capacity of different cloud providers. If you recall in the peak of COVID, Azure could not meet demand. So lots of services weren't running properly. And, you know, some cloud providers are notorious for expanding into different regions, but not really having the capacity they, they, they say they do. And so that's another effect of there not being a, a third party to kind of audit and verify all these claims and uh, help people sift through all the, the research they have to do. I really like how you're effectively calling out these cloud vendors for being good at marketing and promoting what's really good about themselves without helping purchasers make the best decisions, right? That's really problematic for developers because as you know, developers by nature are, you know, very sophisticated and they don't like the marketing BS. And so that's why there's, I think a lot of thirst for something like this, because you're not going to trust these claims made by the selling party. Yeah. I mean, marketing to developers, selling to developers, while you can build very, very successful businesses is very difficult because I like to think of developers as very discerning customers. If you're selling a product that they're going to build their services on and you make them stay up extra late because something went down and it's not because of them, they are going to remember that for the next five, 10 years. <laughs> yes. And I can say that because I've done that. You know, it's been five years and here I am complaining about it still. And, but you don't want to do that. No company ever wants to create that experience. And word of mouth is super, super important. Okay. So, you know, I've done this sort of database transition before and we were strategic about it. We picked three different providers. We did a three month pilot with each of them. It cost money. It was a headache to manage. And then at the end of the day, we were kind of happy with the technology we chose. Is that, is that story something that resonates with you? Is this what people come to you with as their, you know, this is what life was like before TaylorFlow? Yeah. I mean, who has three months to focus on researching products? I like to think of it as, you know, what, what can we do to get you back to coding instead of baking off tools? There's so many horror stories. We've had this internally before we pivoted to this space where, you know, we pick different types of products for mission critical parts of our business and in production, they, they were awful and there were all kinds of gotchas we wish we had known about. You know, what I'm really hearing is that people who are making these technical decisions, the engineers, the CTOs, they're making it with not the best information, not complete information. They're making it knowing that if they make the wrong decision, it's going to provide even more headaches within a few months, at least in a year and a half, probably. And they're afraid, honestly, because it's, they don't want to make a decision that's going to increase the technical debt. Exactly. So the way we frame it is that this is a market where there's both tremendous asymmetry of information and tremendous complexity of information. And it's a huge growing market. And there's definitely a lot of pain associated with making the wrong decision, but there's so much appeal to wanting to make a decision that's not the safe one, right? Because 
you know, you could default and say, I'm going to use AWS for everything. But, you know, even now we're even seeing that within AWS, it's hard to pick which tool because there's so much overlap, right? Right. If you distill, you know, cloud to, you know, three basic things, you know, network, storage, compute. I mean, how many different types of compute does AWS offer? What, what are you going to pick? Like even within AWS, you're baking off tools. So it's, it's a, yeah, I, I think it's a very real pain point. We've talked about the frustrations that go along with this process that CTOs are doing. You know, I'm a CTO. I find Taloflow. How does Taloflow change my life once I start talking to you guys? So the, the first thing is you obviously might have a type of product in mind that you want to buy, right? A, 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 some kind of business requirement. When you approach Taloflow, I mean, there's concierge service, you know, for, for, for many of these things I'm about to mention, but basically the first thing we do is we, we walk you through a questionnaire that is extremely complex on the back end and has been actually designed with, you know, field experts in different product categories. So for example, if you wanted to buy an object storage product, I mean, we work with a lot of experts and vendors to actually figure out what are the right types of questions to ask to define the use case. We kind of ask all those questions that get us to understand, you know, what are all the, the, the requirements you have? And then we take it a step further and actually ask you to connect us to your existing cloud accounts. So if you have, let's say, an existing AWS account or GCP account, we'll ask you to connect us to that. And we will ingest the usage history and records from those accounts. And, and run our data science on it to actually identify and also cast cost performance um, from one provider to another. So you can, let's say, map, uh, let's say, your entire AWS bill to GCP, as an example. And so that kind of experience allows you to uh, do multiple things. One is, like I mentioned before, understand from a compliance risk framework, are you okay? Understand from a feature requirement framework. Uh, are you okay? And then we automatically categorize you into a use case based on the usage history we ingest and the re responses you give. And so using that categorization, we will show you the benchmarks that are relevant to you for your use case so that you're not looking at a bunch of noise. So let's say you have a very data science intense workload. We will show you the benchmarks that are relevant for that specific product for that kind of workload. And then finally on the cost and usage issue, you get a very accurate picture of the ROI, the TCO, the payback period, migration engineering costs, and of course, the cost benefit of choosing one solution over the other. And so you're basically seeing all the options that are relevant to you side by side. Wow, that sounds incredible. I wish I could use TaylorFlow for all the purchasing decisions in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so just to make sure I'm understanding correctly, not only do you work with the customer to make sure you deeply understand their use case and what's going to be important for them going forward, but you also plug into their current providers and get that data and analyze that data to create forecasts of different outcomes. And the reason why that's so important is because people tend to have a cloud provider of record, right? Like they're either using AWS, GCP, or Azure most of the time when we talk to these digital native companies. And when they're using tools, you know, they expect it to communicate with one of those three. But unless you deeply understand the usage statistics and the usage patterns on those big three cloud providers, you're going to miss potentially a lot of gotchas or, you know, important things. So if I picked you know, a provider externally from AWS and it was communicating with AWS constantly, there's a lot of egress fees and data transfer to model out and figure out. 
You might think that a particular solution is cheaper, for example, but when you factor in all the egress fees, it might be much more expensive. Wouldn't you like the certainty that the decision you're about to make accounts for all those data transfer charges? That is incredible. It really sounds like Taylorflow is on the customer side and being an advocate for the customer and helping a customer understand a comprehensive picture of what adopting a certain cloud provider would do. Even down to these little details that are often missed by developers and technical experts because you know their job is to be experts in their domain not necessarily be experts in the intricacies of Google Cloud Platform versus Amazon Web Services versus Azure versus whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, even at, if at the end of the day, people still want to test tools before they put them in production. I mean, I, I expect that to be the case for a long time, but like, at least we help you whittle down the list to the one or two you should test, right? Like really quickly. I mean, cause there's a universe of providers out there that is really extensive. You know, we see this, as you know, on the YC chats all the time or journal forums where like there is so much deliberation on, 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 the, on the different options available when people have a use case that they define and requirements that they define. It, it'd be nice to just say, you know, these, this is the one you should test and this is maybe number two. And, and we expect the results to be X and Y. But, but yeah, even, even getting to that point and filtering the options for developers uh, can save a whole lot of time. It sounds like you can turn a two-month purchasing decision into a two-week decision. That's about right. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's magical. We plan to do, this is not something we do like fully automated today, but we do obviously communicate with cloud vendors as well of all kinds and different product categories, and they have private pricing. And, you know, sometimes we could like anonymously say like, hey, someone has this kind of usage pattern and requirements and, you know, like they're interested in your solution, you know, can you do better, right? So we're trying to be an advocate for the cloud buyer as much as we can. And, and, and over time, also building up a knowledge base of, of kind of the, the private pricing and deals available to different types of use cases and customers. Absolutely. And then once I, you know, once I'm working with Taylorflow, once you guys have provided me this incredible experience, are there any ongoing services or is it a one-time engagement? It's not one time because we focus very much on the digital native companies who are uh, extremely active in buying new cloud products. And once we're connected to your cloud accounts, we can actually keep recommending products over time, right? So you might not be actively looking for something, but we may, might be able to point something out where you might get a new efficiency or better performance and you might want to look at it. So because, you know, along your journey as a cloud company, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, between your, your seed round and, and your IPO, there's going to be, you know, 50 to hundred different cloud tooling decisions you're going to make. Right. So along that journey, we'll want to be proactive in recommending tools and, and as much as possible, we, we give you the option to, to keep us connected to your cloud account so we can keep ingesting some data and recommending tools over time and, and also pointing out to inefficiencies where they can be. I love that idea because for me and my experience, it always ended up being a very reactive thing when it came to improving our cloud tooling. Either we were reaching scaling performance or we were reaching exorbitant costs. And only then did we turn around and start looking for providers. But that's not the best mindset to be in, you know, and <laughs> to be shopping for uh, a new solution when you're on an incredible deadline like that, such as you're hitting your scaling limits or your performance limits or, or the end of your bank account. I think being reactive is something that's definitely come up very often in this sort of developer tooling space. You, you guys have a few customers now. You're a startup. Let's fast forward five years. You have $100 million in revenue. 
what does the Taylorflow company and Taylorflow product look like? You know, what's the world look like for Taylorflow in five years? In five years, we are the de facto aggregator of demand for cloud. So all cloud buying decisions are made through us. We have the most cloud usage data in the world. And, and because of that, we are the most powerful player in cloud. So as you can imagine, that usage data we are collecting from our customers, you know, is, is extremely valuable. It's, it's, it's competitive, it's pricing, it's performance intelligence that is, is hugely valuable in building products, building out marketing strategies and so on and so forth. And it's, it's also really valuable in terms of helping our cloud buyers optimize their cloud stack, because at, at some point that data can be used to, to help people rearrange their stack in the most efficient ways. So it's not, it's no longer just about, Hey, pick this cloud tool for this specific use case. It's more about if you're going to implement this cloud tool, here's the most efficient way to implement it or the fastest way to implement it. So when we have all those, all, all this history of how people buy cloud tools, how they implement it and the before and after, because we have a full loop, there's a lot of learning we can do on that to uh, become even more intelligent with the recommendations and also offer a whole new dimension in terms of the service, which is again, these, these very in-depth stack reviews per se. Yeah. That sounds like a beautiful future because there really isn't anyone providing this sort of industry level guidance from a cloud buyer perspective. Yeah. I mean, as you can imagine, let's say I buy Snowflake. Okay. Then what, like, how do I implement Snowflake? Like, like how should I configure Snowflake like in the most perfect way possible for my needs? That's, that's, that's the extent of, of where we want to go for cloud buyers. I can't wait for that to be the future. And I hope that our companies can grow up together so that I can continue <laughs> pushing off all my cloud buying decisions onto Taylorflow. Well, LV, this has been an incredible conversation. I've really enjoyed learning about Taylorflow. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Sure. So, I mean, we're very much aligned with cloud buyers in terms of facilitating that journey of picking a new cloud product or your next few cloud products. We're knee deep in working with digital native companies. So if you're a startup at seed series A, series B, and, and so on, we really want to help you uh, pick the right tool for whatever use case you have. We are extending anyone who's listening to this podcast a, and, and reaches out to us a free stack review. We'll, we'll look at your entire stack with you and, and any specific use case you might have with regards to a cloud tool you want to buy. Let's say you want to buy an APM or a log management tool or a new object storage provider. We will do the research for you for that specific use case and give you access to our tool to get the full ROI payback and, and other kinds of analysis done. So full access to the Tailful service for a specific cloud product is available to you. And what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way to reach us would be to email me directly at louis, spelled L-O-U-I-S, at taylorflow.ai. Wonderful. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Schemes Considered. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and check out a few of our older episodes. We're available on our website, allschemesconsidered.com, and every podcatcher under the sun. If you really want to make our day, consider sharing it with a friend or coworker. If you have a scheme you'd like us to consider, a guest you'd like us to have on, maybe you just loved or hated this episode. We want to know your thoughts. I'm on Twitter at akash.io. That's A-A-K-A-S-H D-O-T I-O. Or you can send an email to all schemes considered at akash.io. 
I'd like to thank our supporters for helping support All Schemes Considered. If you'd like to support All Schemes Considered, you can start with the link in the description. At the very least, support us by not skipping past our sponsor messages. Thanks again, and keep scheming. See y'all next week. Okay.